Well, it's time for another edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Always a pleasure to get with you, dear friend. It's also a pleasure to meet with Bishop David Allen Hall Sr. of the Temple Church of God in Christ here in Memphis, Tennessee, where he's pastored since 1991, Bishop. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Tyler, yes, sir. That's that's right. I've been over there with them, and they've suffered with me since 1991. Well, I know there's no suffering when it comes to your ministry in relation to your people. I just hear great things and the encouragement that your members have as your leadership and the, the journey of life you go through. You know, oftentimes pastors have to go into some sad places when members uh, lose family members and they get called to the hospital for various reasons, and there's all kinds of Joys, not just trauma, but there's joys, too, that you're part of. But in your own family, Bishop Hall, just recently, your eldest sister passed. I can imagine the impact that she had on your life. Well, yeah, she was my, uh, Barbara Surrey was my oldest sister. She was younger than I. Of the five sisters that I had, she was our oldest. Yes. And so the Lord took her home. I'm thankful that her life in Christ was as it should be. And so I haven't lost her. I know where she is. And there'll be a reunion one day as we prayed before going on microphone uh, for your family. Uh, What was it in some of the giftings that we can mention just for a moment about your sister, maybe how she contributed back to the church, back to your family? Well, I think that her life was one that gave us uh, hope for people. She was not immediately attracted to the church after she left home. She kind of went the wild side. But uh, the scripture says, train up a child in her latter years. She found her way back to Christ and into the church and uh, provided a great witness for those that it's never too late. And her last years were really put together in service. So I'm happy about all that. Bishop, I really appreciate you sharing that testimony because I can't help but think there are many that are listening to have family members, you know, children, or maybe parents that they feel like have wandered away from the truth of the teachings of Christ. Their life is not reflected of that. And so you're right. There is hope. He who began a good work in you will complete it. Sometimes in our mm-hmm. life, we do get off course, don't we? Yes, Thankful for grace, thankful for forgiveness, so yes. grateful for the testimony of your dear sister and how she was able probably to help point others oh, back yeah. to relationship sure, to Christ. Sure, yes. Sure. Because everybody understood. Well, for our radio listening audience, you don't know this, but we had a fire drill, fire alarm drill in our building just now. And Bishop Hall and I had to walk down six flights of steps, wait until the whole building was evacuated, Bishop. The alarm was turned off, and then we got to hike back up the steps, and you're in great shape. Well, I'm I'm 68 years old, but working, going up and down tractors and uh, doing the things that I do on the farm kind of keeps me kind of loose and limber. <laughs> kind of loose and limber. Yeah. Talking about farm, because you've got your cowboy boots on and you've got your farm <laughs> hat on when you came into the office today. Yeah. I like it always when I can see pastors just kind of be a little relaxed. But didn't you grow up on a farm? Well, no, I grew up in the city, but two deacons in my dad's church, who was a pastor, had a farm. They asked me if I would like to work on the farm. So in my young life, I worked on a farm and it kind of never left me. Kind of became an addiction. Yeah, kind of a, and I had to solve it. <laughs> kind of your place to get away. I and, love it. I love it. Just uh, get out of the the hard shoes and put on my boots and get out of the uh, suit and the tie and get the phone away from me and the pressing schedule. Listen, there's something spiritual about farming. You put a seed in the ground, 
and believe that God's sunshine and rain will bring you forth a harvest. That's great news there. Oh, yeah. Well, Bishop, one of the reasons we're getting together today is to talk about the 101st Holy Convocation of the Tennessee Headquarters Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction, which you're quite connected with. This is really an exciting time for Temple Church of God in Christ and for our city. Of course, such a historic. Dr. Mason founded the church. You are... Is it great-grandson? No, no. Grandson? No, no, no. no, no, what's, no, no. what's your relation? Uh, no relation to him other than the fact that in 1912, Bishop Mason was the gentleman who preached the message that brought my grandfather oh, that's the connection. out of sin. 1912, mind you. Now, it's only God that in now 2018, I served the congregation of Bishop Mason. That is amazing. Did your grandfather, was he already in heaven before you got to that position? Yes, he was. Yes. So he's rejoicing in another place. What a legacy and a heritage, too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Very humbling. Well, this is the 101st Holy Convocation, as we mentioned. Really, what's the purpose of the Holy Convocation, Bishop? The purpose is to bring together our constituent churches here in the Memphis area where the birth of the Church of God in Christ in Memphis and Mississippi, we are thickly populated. So of the churches in the area, I serve as bishop of about 50 of them. Now, we bring them together to um, embrace our ministry, to fellowship, and to uh, plan our activity as a unit of churches. We have our obligations to the larger organization, Some of those things are taken care of. But by and large, though, in this midsummer area, we fellowship. We season our efforts in ministry. We fix up and uh, stretch out and uh, do whatever is necessary to see that the end of the year, that it is successful. So that's what the convocation really does. How do you determine setting goals for each year and your goals as you come together, determine ministries and things that church wants to do in the upcoming year? Sure. I'll give you an example. Uh, We have our leadership conference at the first of the year. Our, Our closeout meeting is in December. And in January, we have our area leadership conference. This year, we had planned to purchase and put together a tent ministry. And the Lord blessed us with the tent. And in this particular convocation, we're going to dedicate that tent. And what we will do is make it available to our smaller congregations, and we will help them in their outreach. And in that tent revival, not only will there be the Bible instruction and preaching, but also we will do and conduct seminars, everything from family to youth ministries to how to start your own business, community development. All kinds of things will go on during those revivals, day session seminars, and at night under that tent will be the preaching. That was one of the goals that we set back in January. So now at this convocation, they will see the new tent, they will experience it, and we'll then start seeing the churches that will then contract with us the use of it so that they can start their outreach under that tent. I really like the new dynamic you're offering to tent revivals because, you know, some of our listeners that have been around a little while can remember attending maybe a Billy Graham tent revival or maybe their grandmother took them to a tent revival. And you just don't see as many tent meetings like you used to, you know, years ago. 
Yeah, but that's I, true. But I like this new dynamic you're adding to this. Uh, well, you know, all of us remember Dr. Graham. God bless him. He's gone to glory now. I remember watching on television many of his tent revivals. I remember uh, also the pastor Oral Roberts and others who were really stalwarts and uh, dynamic figures in the tent. I tell our congregations that was when the church was at its best. It pressed beyond the four walls, got into the heart of the community, and engaged with people on the ground. And that's what I want to recapture. How have you personally seen God use this time that the Holy Complication comes together? And I'm sure you probably have a multitude of stories, but anything particular that has warmed your heart or has inspired you as you've seen over the years the convention come together? Oh, yeah. When the convention comes together, not only the fellowship of the saints, but also when some of the saints will bring those individuals who are in need of salvation. There's nothing like a convocation when the building is full and the people are praising the Lord and someone comes and says, I, too, want to accept Christ. All of us there seeing it. It's just nothing like it. (laughs) You know, know, that really warms my heart to hear your excitement, to feel the enthusiasm, because, I mean, that is what Jesus has left us with a mandate to go into all the world and make disciples. The church can't lose the focus that we are still, if you want to call it winning souls, seeing people come into faith with Jesus Christ. That's right. And in fact, uh, that's germane to what we should be about all the time. When we get together as a group, uh, you know, a lot of our churches that are uh, not so inclined to evangelism, they get a taste of it. They wake up to it. So it's also a season of renewal as well. I like that. Yes, sir. (laughs) Something else I want to make sure our listeners know, you don't have to be a member of the Church of God in Christ. Oh, by no means. This is open for the entire community to come. Open to everybody. In fact, I'll make the invitation now for anyone that desires to come to it. We're going to be at the Pentecostal Temple Church at 229 South Danny Thomas, right at Martin Luther King and Danny Thomas. We'll be there from that Monday night all the way through Friday evening. I would like for anybody that would desire, come on by and see us. I have a a brochure in my hand. You've got several keynote speakers. Of course, you'll be one of them, too, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, Dr. J.O. Patterson III. In our community, the uh, African-American community, diabetes is a problem. Dr. Patterson will be, in connection with the Lilly Foundation and the Lilly uh, Drug Company, will be doing a presentation on the scourge of diabetes, how to discipline one's lifestyle, how to stick with one's medication. That's also a credible part of the church. The physical well-being and welfare of people, as well as the spiritual dimension, needs to be covered. So he will be doing that specifically. Well, you know, Bishop, our bodies, as the Scripture teaches, are temples of the Holy Spirit, where God dwells, you know, and so we do need to take care of these temples. Brother Tyler, I would hope that uh, his presentation would spur somebody to say, you know what, I've been fooling around with this thing, I'm sweating more, I got this problem, I got that problem, I better go get checked up. Right. And something else, you've got really great practical seminars. You've got one called the Active Shooter Awareness and Prevention Seminar. Yes, let me explain that. I was talking with our pastors, and and I said, you know, that tragedy in Texas, 
And then we've seen the other shootings everywhere. South Carolina. South Carolina. I said, yeah, oh, yeah. I said, you know, suppose somebody came into your church with bad intentions and he had a gun. How could we save as many lives as we could? Because under the circumstances, these weapons that these people carry now, they can do so much damage so quickly. So I wanted to sensitize them. And so through Methodist Hospital Outreach and others, we're working in conjunction with them. That's another facet of the social responsibility that the church has to the community. So I want to invite others as well who would think that that's interesting. What do you do when an active shooter breaks in? It's sad that we're even having to mention that, you know, but we are living in a day that we need to be wise. Scripture teaches us to use wisdom. There's nothing wrong with being informed and having professional expertise to come in and to share that. And what a great opportunity, as you mentioned, not only for those participants in the Holy Convocation, but also those outside who can come and glean and learn from this event. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. And something else, too. There's another one called No Whispers. I'm kind of fascinated by this one. The church, no one should have to whisper. Tell me something about that. This is the one that I'm least acquainted with, but I understand that there is a movement wherein things that heretofore have been quiet, unmentionable. We can frankly discuss anything. We can broach subjects and do them with taste and with poise and inform and educate people. No need to whisper about anything. And then we have other persons preaching. Nightly speakers, you've got Bishop Johnny Tates. Tell me about Bishop Johnny Tates. Bishop Tates Tates is from Houston, Texas. He is a newly consecrated bishop, but in his professional life, he is also a gifted builder and superintendent. Many of the buildings that you see across the Houston skyline. He's responsible for? He's responsible for them. Oh, my. Uh, He's an incredible man. In fact, at 40, he thought about changing his career. He got accepted to medical school (laughs) at 40 years old. Uh, He's he's, he's a great gentleman, good friend of mine. Then we've got Dr. Philip Jackson coming in from Detroit, Michigan. You know, Bishop, you saying that, it just reminds me of how wonderful our God is, giving his people giftings and talents and the ability to give back, to help impact society. Yes, for the gospel's sake, there's social needs in our community that need to be addressed. Definitely medical issues, looking at diabetes, because that's a real serious problem. You know, we're one of the top cities in the country. We definitely are. Mm -hmm. So these are issues that I think it's strategic for the church to be cutting edge and the church to address these humanitarian issues, too. Uh, You've got special nights lined up. The doctrinal message that Bishop Charles Patterson will give on Monday the 30th, Mm -hmm. ordination night with Bishop Johnny Tates on the 31st, Mm -hmm. which is, by the way, my wife's birthday. And then uh, the Blessings of Good Shepherds, Phil Jackson will take on Wednesday night, Mm -hmm. August 1st. And then on Thursday, August 2nd, it's Women's Night. Yes. That's going to be a special time. Yeah, we're going to be honoring Mother Geraldine Miller, who is the supervisor of our women's ministries. She's a great lady. This is her 26th year as the supervisor of women. And so we want to hurrah her. She's got a special guest as well. That's great. (laughs) Also, this has to be a special time on Friday evening, August 3rd, the official night and communion. That's got to be a real sweet fellowship. It is. It's the culmination of our activity. It is the sacred night where we share the communion with our whole constituent. That's a night that I speak on. It is a great night. And what I'd like to do then 
as I said earlier, we're going to dedicate that tent. After we have our communion, we're going to take the saints outside, going to have the new tent put up, and then we're going to dedicate it and allow them to see it. That's what the convocation is right there. How do you prepare your own heart? How do you prepare a message? How do you get the message you believe God wants you to deliver when you have that opportunity each year? I simply ask God. I say, Lord, they're coming to hear me officially at this night. Will you meet me there with something? (laughs) So so I read, study, and pray. So far, the Lord said, I'll meet you there. (laughs) You know, Bishop, I know you are musically talented. Is it the clarinet or saxophone? I blow blow the saxophone. The saxophone. Are you going to blow some sax for us? Not on that night. Now, (laughs) under the tent during the revival services, in fact, we set it up. We did this last year, three-night revivals. And on the first two nights, I blow my saxophone And on the last night of those revivals, then I speak. So uh, I will be blowing the horn on those nights, (laughs) but not during this meeting. I got a little bit too much on me. (laughs) (laughs) Something that I want to have you comment on. You wrote in a note posted on the Temple's website earlier this year, and I'm quoting, the realities of so many horrific events, such as the untimely and senseless deaths of unarmed black men at the hands of police, have upset the nation Bishop, what's the answer to restoring trust and confidence in our law enforcement while at the same time addressing crime for the safety of all of our citizens? Yeah, that was a commentary that I wrote so that I could say to my congregation and to my constituent churches, it's time for us to pray. It's time for us to be assertive with our children, train and to teach them. Then it's also time for us to build bridges to the law enforcement community. I've got police officers and had them in my local congregation, and I want them to go home to their families and to raise their children because they deserve that as well. And they are there to protect and serve us. But where there is the senseless and unnecessary killing, the killing of unarmed people in the back shot and everything, the society's got to address it. And I think the church has got to be clarion about its statement. Where injustice is, speak to it. Speak to it. Something else I want to take some time and talk about. There's always something exciting happening through your ministry. This is something here you handed me. A youth center, is that right? Yeah, there is an opportunity. We've been uh, trying to gain the what, what we call in our neighborhood the old Porter Gym down in what was the Foot and Claiborne Home Housing Project. Now it's going to be called South City. million development. We feel since we've been there as stakeholders, it would be a wonderful thing if we could gain that property. Over the years, we've used that facility to do our sports leagues, to do our citizens against gangs, guns, drugs, and violence, to do our 12-step program, to do our men's mentoring and our girls' activities, drill team and praise dance competitions. I mean, we've used those facilities And we watched several groups go in and out. I think that as a stakeholder, I'm requesting that we should now have the administration of that facility. My church is right across the street from it. Is it vacated right now? It is vacated right now. Uh, It has undergone a lot of abuse by vandals, but it's uh, sitting right in front of what will be $250 million expansion, revitalization, redevelopment of the community. I'd like to see about gathering the funds that would be acceptable from the city for us to have in that process. 
my congregation through our Life Together 501c3 is currently making appeals to foundations and to philanthropic people or anybody that will help us to establish its revitalization. And as you can see, we've got a number of ministries. Many of these we're doing already ourselves. But we would like to put a, a health clinic in there. Of course, our uh, sports initiative and activities are there. Our senior citizens, Golden Years Coalition, we're, we're doing that right now with our seniors. We want to put a community theater there to express renaissance and arts, etc. We would like to put a cyber cafe there. The Internet, this is the age in which we live in yes. and how to use those things, etc. Entrepreneurial school. I'm an entrepreneurial person, have a business, and I'd like to see those young people, or anybody from that area, or anyone else that wants to know how to open a business, how to pay your taxes, how to do your bookkeeping, how to get your employees, and how to build it. We want to do that. Then there's the regular fellows ministry, the, the diamonds in the rough, where we take these young girls, many of them who have had pregnancies and other things, and tell them that they are a diamond in the rough, that through redevelopment of social skills, dress code, change of mindset, pick yourself up and move forward and build life. Yeah. Another thing, too, Bishop, the Final Escape Initiative, this yeah. program is designed to assist ex-offenders. What a great opportunity for the church yeah. to show the compassionate love of Christ through a, a ministry like this. We have a great prison ministry headed up by Sister Yvonne Williams and uh, the other ministries. As a, she's a missionary, but she leads that ministry. Our fellow men ministers, etc., follow right in, and she's, she's really a a veteran of this. And so now we want to change the focus, not only in the institution, but when they get out of the institution, now we're going to position them to get back into society through this escape initiative. Is there a way the community can maybe help you, obviously financially, other ways to get this off the ground? Where are we on this? Sure. Right now we are in the development stage trying to acquire the building as I said, many of these ministries are ongoing right now at the church. It's not that we saw a building that's vacant. Oh, let's go do something. You're no, already no. doing this. We've, we're already doing it. Our church office is at 775-1909, and our secretaries are there from Tuesday through Friday from 9 until 4, and they can call or they can go on our website. I don't have the website. Well, on. I believe the address is Temple Kojic, yeah. TempleCogic.com. Mm -hmm. If you want more information, you can go to the website, TempleCogic.com. Of course, the 101st Holy Convocation of the Tennessee Headquarters Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction is coming up. This is why we're here, really, to let you know about, friends, July 30th, Monday mm -hmm. night. That's right. Opening night through Friday, August 3rd. That's right. The dedication of the new revival tent is mm -hmm. going to be exciting to be part of that. Yes, and all these other sessions and great speakers that will be part of this wonderful 101st. It's hard to believe, Bishop, that that's how many years now this jurisdiction has existed, providing support, I know, for the churches that uh, you oversee. And so what mm -hmm. a great opportunity for all in our community to come out and support. And also be advised, keep informed about this, as Bishop said, South City, this facility that can provide so many multifaceted ministries to our community. And so be in prayer about that. If you want to uh, make a financial contribution and be part of that, I would suggest that churches in our community come alongside and adopt a portion of these ministries. Oh, and, that's and, kind and, of you know? yeah, yeah, because we 
through our life together, 501c3, we serve everybody. Yes. We turn nobody away. That's wonderful. Bishop, basically, not any time left at all, but real briefly on an update on the Black Farmers Association, the work that you do there. We don't have a lot of time, but if you can give us an update on what's happening. Sure. We are still waiting for the disposition of the uh, Department of Justice and the payout of those lawful discrimination claims. In the interim, though, we are encouraging farmers to get back to the land, that land that has been laying fallow, cultivated, families that have neglected what grandfather and grandmother through sweat equity bought. Don't let it get away. Pay the taxes on it. Cultivate it. Keep it going. We are actively doing that while we are anticipating this lawsuit, hopefully, to come to an end. We're not going to quit. BIFA, the Black Farmers Agriculturalist Association, is still on the cutting edge. And we hope and pray that in the near future, those payouts will begin. And as we told our membership, these payouts could be the source of a new beginning, maybe a financial institution where we could service our own farm accounts, quite possibly help you with the purchase of equipment in co-op fashion. There are a lot of ideas yes. that we have and that we're trying to do that. And, and I appreciate that, Brother Tyler, because we focus so many times on the city, but also there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, in the rural who need that support. Yes. And so the church and through this kind of organization can give that support. And we're in a prime location right now, reaching so many agricultural areas. And yeah. I really believe that we need to support the American farmer, black, white. That's if right. you're running a farm, we need the family farms to be supported. We definitely and, uh, do. We do. That's how the cities stay healthy. We get the good food that we need from those farms, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, sir. Bishop Hall, it is always a true blessing to have you in the studio. Thank you so much for what you do for Christ's kingdom in our city. Our prayers for you and your family and the homegoing of your sister. Thank you. Thank you for her life. Thank you for sharing with Bot Radio today. Friend, don't forget, you can go to the website, Temple Kojic, templecogic.com. Learn more about the work and ministry of Bishop David Allen Hall Sr. I encourage you to do that. And don't forget the 101st Holy Convocation of the Tennessee Headquarters Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction coming up July 30th, Monday through August 3rd, Friday. Don't miss it. That's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.